hello, friends. Welcome to a great episode of Real Truth Real Quick. I'm here with my friend Russell Moore, who is uh, filling in today and is going to be taking the lead and answering some of the questions I get to ask it. Russell is president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission with the Southern Baptist, but really what uh, he is is a friend and a partner in uh, helping folks wrestle with just how to apply truth to culture. He is the author of a great book called Onward that we just got through discussing as a team here, and we thought we would take advantage of us being together to ask you a simple question. And here's the question, okay. and that is, are Christians losing the culture war? Well, I think there's a tendency for Christians to get really cranky yeah. uh, and to get panicked. And, and when they look around and they see things going on in the culture that really are uh, really destructive and bad. Uh, but I mean, if you look at every generation, you know, every generation thinks the generation coming after it is just gone and just uh, destroyed. When in reality, if we see where we've come from, we've always been in a fallen world, and that since Eden, and that manifests itself in different ways at different times. But there's no there's no golden age back there where everything was was together. And so I think once we know that, then we ought to have the confidence to know that we're really we're really not called to win in the sense of settling uh, everything. We're here to bear witness. Um, and bearing witness means we're going to make progress on some things culturally. We're going to have some setbacks on some things culturally, but we've got the same gospel and the gospel is, is powerful enough uh, to fight through whatever cultural uh, baggage we have. I, I love what you said. We're, we're not here to win. We're here to witness. Mm -hmm. And uh, a minute ago we were talking and, and you said something that was just great. We, we need to have a mindset that what we're really in is a spiritual battle, right? Yeah. I mean, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, our battle, or in Ephesians 6, our battle's not against flesh and blood, right? Yeah. And, uh, and 2 Corinthians 10 is where it talks about we don't have uh, the weapons that we use are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses and taking down speculations, but we, we, we don't war according to the flesh. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't see our friends as enemy com that maybe disagree with us on cultural issues mm -hmm. as enemy combatants. That's right. We, in many ways, to use what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, right, that the, the eyes of the unbelieving are blinded by the God of this world, we should see him almost as, as prisoners mm -hmm. of yeah, a war that's not cultural, it's a much bigger war, right? That's, that's exactly right. Now, that's now right. folks who are on the other side may not look like, hey, don't treat me like I'm a prisoner of right. war, yeah. right? But, but speak to that issue that we should treat him not as enemy combatants, but as people that we need to, in a winsome way, witness to them. Well, I mean, just think about, I mean, all of us that are Christians, there aren't very many of us who came to Christ the very first time we ever heard the gospel. There are some people, first time they ever heard it, but most of us, we heard the gospel, we heard the gospel, we heard the gospel, and then one day something was different with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And nobody gave up on us. I mean, people, people kept on. And I think that's what we need to do when we're looking at uh, the people in our lives who disagree with us. A lot of times you have people who are speaking out of some sort of hurt, some sort of uh, wound, uh, trying to protect themselves, even against the gospel. And sometimes it takes a crisis uh, in someone's life. I mean, like the prodigal son, a famine comes into the land, and, and that's when they get up and they say, where can I go? And where they're gonna go is to somebody who loved them enough to tell them the truth, mm -hmm. I can trust you, but also who loved them enough to love them uh, and not to treat them as an object of, to humiliate or, or to win. Exactly, so yeah, our goal, and that's what I tell people all the time, my job is not to convert you. If I can convince you of something, Somebody can convince you of something else. That's right. And, and I'm not here to uh, impose anything on you. I'm here to make a divine proposal. Hey, here's another way. Let's consider it. All right, but when people sometimes, you know, Russell, when you're having conversations with people that interrupts an ethic that they 
deeply embrace or a lifestyle that they completely identify with their own happiness, yeah. they're, they're going to call you a bigot and a hater. Sure. Okay, that's the way they're going to kind of go to war against you. Sure. How, how do you respond to that? What's the mindset you can't you're take that personally. Yeah. I mean, and frankly, we all go through that. I mean, that, that, that's what's called being confronted with the Word of God. And so I tend to, I'm, I mean, you know, reading through the Sermon on the Mount, I tend to flinch uh, when he starts talking about, when Jesus starts talking about forgiveness. And I think about bitterness that I may still have in my heart. I've got to continue to, to fight that. So we know what that's like. Uh, we, we know the, the way that people can react that way. So don't take it personally. Realize that sometimes a strong reaction just means somebody is actually hearing us, but is, is threatened in some way by what we're saying. And don't give up. Yep. Don't, don't become frantic. Just keep going. I love it. So one of the scriptures that's good to bring into this is, you know, it talks about a gentle answer mm -hmm. turns away wrath. One of the things that you're the best at, right? In Ephesians, in Colossians chapter 4, it talks about let your speech be seasoned with salt, as it were. How, how does somebody improve in that effort to speak in a way that allows what you're saying to be heard? I think you spend more time just cultivating the love of the people that you're talking to and also being aware that you're being overheard uh, by other people. And so sometimes when you even, you're in an argument uh, with somebody who's really, really harsh against you, you still have to be thinking, there are other people who are listening to this, you know, in line at the grocery store or right. on Facebook or wherever, and I wanna make sure I'm also speaking to them. And you're not always gonna do it right. I mean, there are gonna be times when we all look back and say, man, I, I should have, I should have spoken gentler or I should have spoken more, more boldly. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen. Don't, don't judge yourself about that. Just resolve to do better the next time. You Great counsel. And this is be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you blow it, go back and own that, right? right? I mean, the words of the wise make knowledge acceptable. And so when you go, hey, listen, I don't mind you disagreeing with what I say, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be disagreeable when I say that's it. Right. I want to be clear and be patient with yourself as you're learning and be patient with others as they're maybe hearing for the very first time. And Russell, thank you so much. I recommend, commend this book to you, Onward, as a way to read and be sharpened about how to engage the culture without losing the gospel. And Russell, thanks for being with us. Thanks, I think Brian. there's a little bar. Rick always wants me to say it. Maybe you can click on if you want to subscribe. But we're glad you joined us in this episode of Real Truth Real Quick. And join us next time. We'll see you.